This is who I am I've been born again The cross is my defense My hope secure Now my life is in your hand On your every word I stand Lord, I'm finding who I am In all you are I know who I am in Christ. I am a friend of God. I am washed, sanctified, and justified. And I am an heir. I could go on and on because my identity is in Christ. And because I have my identity in Him, I know there are also many things which I possess. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells me I have the mind of Christ. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that He should instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. In chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, we hear Paul pouring out his heart about his reliance upon the Spirit of God. As you read it, you realize that Paul is very aware of how much he needs the Spirit to affect his thought life. Paul knows how much his thinking affects everything. He also recognizes that a man cannot understand the things of God on his own in his mind because the things of God are spiritually appraised. After discussing all this, then Paul asks the question, which is the first part of our verse this week. He says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? That he should instruct him. See, Paul knows that God is exalted far above us, and Paul knows that that definitely includes the way that God thinks. What man could ever have the power to instruct the thoughts of God? None could. As a Jew, Paul knew the words of God in Isaiah that say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's from Isaiah 55, 8-9. through 9. See, I personally believe the more that Paul ministered the mystery of the gospel, I believe he realized this more and more. He saw the stark difference between the way a natural man thinks and the way that God thinks. And as the word revealed in Isaiah, the gap of that difference is as high as the distance between the earth and the heavens. But an amazing thing happens when a natural man believes on Jesus and receives the Spirit of the living God within him. Many things change. And Paul is clear that God's thinking is far above ours. But in our verse this week, Paul also acknowledges a huge privilege that becomes ours in Christ. See, now that we are in Christ, we actually possess the mind of Christ. In other words, we have the opportunity to allow His heavenly thoughts, the, the heavenly thoughts of Christ, to invade our natural minds and to take over our thoughts. We no longer have to think as a natural man. We are privileged with access to the heavenly thinking of Jesus Christ. What does possessing the mind of Christ look like in a practical sense? Well, in the natural, we're prone to think according to the way of our culture, are we not? There can be many varying expressions of this, but let's just think of some thought processes that are quite common. For instance, in our American culture, people frequently think with a me-first attitude. In other words, whatever benefits me is at the top of, of the way I think. Or a store-up-wealth attitude. Life is all about gathering money and stuff, so I think about it a lot. Or whatever makes me happy is the best-choice attitude. 
In other words, personal happiness becomes so important, it's, it's like a god in the way we think. These are just some of the mindsets of our culture, and they're widely accepted as right and good. But what does God think? I heard a Bible teacher one time say that God's thoughts are opposite world, meaning the way God thinks is so different than the way the world thinks that God's thoughts might as well be called opposite to our thoughts. Well, with that in mind, thinking back to the common thoughts we just mentioned in our culture, let's look at them more closely and lay them alongside God's thoughts. The first was a me-first attitude. In other words, whatever benefits me is at the top of my thought life, the top of the way I think. The Bible reveals the thoughts of God is very different than that, though. For instance, in Philippians 2, verses 5 and following, we're told, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death on a cross. See, if anyone had the, had the right to think of themselves in a high way, it would be Jesus. But in his mind, he emptied himself. He put others before himself. Before himself. What about in Matthew 6, 25 and following? We see Jesus say, Take no thought for yourselves as to what you shall eat and what you shall drink, for nor for your body as to what you shall put on. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you as well. And then in Colossians 3.12, we're told to clothe yourselves with compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. Obviously, God's thoughts are very opposite to the way of our culture in that one. But what about the second one that we mentioned? It said our culture thinks widely with a store-up wealth attitude. Life is all about gathering money and stuff, so that's what I'm going to think about. Well, the Bible reveals the thoughts of God is very different than that thought too. For instance, in Matthew 6, 19 and following, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I don't think the difference can be seen more plainly than that. What about the third common culture thought? Well, it said, whatever makes me happy is the best choice attitude. Personal happiness is so important in our thought life sometimes that it can almost become like a God in our culture. But Jesus' words reveal something quite different. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Remember, we're looking at the question of what does it look like practically in everyday life to possess the mind of Christ? Well, I think we've just seen our answer. And just looking at these few examples, we've seen how the natural mind of a man is vastly different from the mind of God. His thoughts truly are higher than ours, basically opposite to the way we think. So for us to practically embrace them, it's going to need to be an intentional process. The Bible calls that process renewing our minds. 
In Romans 12, 2, Paul says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, when something is renewed, the old is thrown out and the new is put in. Our old thoughts, the thoughts of our natural mind, well, they need to be replaced with new thoughts. And we replace our thoughts with the thoughts of Christ. Well, and how do we know what his thoughts are? Well, God's word reveals them, just as we've seen here in these three examples. The more we're in the word, the more the Holy Spirit will reveal the vast difference between the way we think and the way God thinks. He's given us the gift of having the mind of Christ. It's within us. We have to determine, though, how important it is to us to use this gift because we can so easily just continue to think the old way. As believers, we have the mind of Christ. We have to access his thoughts and the ability to understand them through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's up to us to determine how important it is to have our minds actually renewed with his thoughts. Memorizing scripture is one way to renew your mind. That's why we encourage it so much. It's one way to be very intentional about embracing the mind of Christ that you already have within you. For instance, in simply doing this memorization project this year and doing it well and pressing in and and not letting go of it, you'll begin to think of yourself as God thinks of you. I know that's certainly been a transformation, a renewing in me this year. It's made a huge difference. See, instead of seeing yourself as condemned, you'll see yourself as abounding in the riches of His grace. Instead of seeing yourself as poor, you'll see yourself as an heir to God's throne. Instead of seeing yourself as inept, you'll see yourself as one who has the ability to conquer all things. Do you see the difference? Having the mind of Christ enables us to live with a thought life established in truth. It changes everything. See, the mind of Christ changes bitterness to forgiveness. The mind of Christ changes hate to love. The mind of Christ changes disappointment and hurt to perseverance and purpose. The mind of Christ changes despair to hope. The mind of Christ changes selfishness to service. The mind of Christ changes self-hatred to God-given worth and value. The mind of Christ changes the natural mindset on the world to a mind that is set on things above. There is such a difference between the natural mind of man and the mind of Christ. A difference as vast as the difference between the earth and the heavens. But as believers, we now possess the mind of Christ. Allow your mind to be renewed to think the way he thinks. What a privilege. This is who I am. I've been born again. The cross is my defense, my hope secure. Now my life is in your hand, on your every word I stand. Lord, I'm finding who I am in all.